Glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, and ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money. How about investing money? There's a new player in that game that I want to talk with you about coming up later this hour. Right now, I want to talk about the Uber breach. Uber that can't seem to do anything ethical in its existence. It's funny. It's a company that um, that a lot of Americans use to get around, and they do a good job at getting people around. But as a company, they have had a moral and ethical compass that's just been missing. And they did something that is absolutely shocking. They had a big data breach that spilled the information of nearly 60 million people, and they kept it secret. They didn't tell anybody. They didn't comply with laws where you have to disclose that there's been a data breach. So the hackers, if you have an Uber account, the hackers have had for a good while your email address, your phone number, uh, of course your name, and then for drivers, they've got a very important thing. They have the driver's driver's license information. In my TV work, I drove for Uber and Lyft so I could do a report about them, and so for whatever it's worth, the hackers have my driver's license number. I don't know what they'll do with it, but they've got it. But the danger, and after a while, you kind of get where you get numb to the various data breaches. The danger is greater for the drivers than for the customers. Because with the amount of information the hackers have, well, they've got enough to be able to cause more potential problems. If you think about they have your all your driver's license information, including the number, they can easily do a counterfeit driver's license, and then they can fully impersonate a driver's identity for various purposes of identity theft and opening accounts as if they're the driver and that kind of thing. Uh, for you and me, with them having email addresses and phone numbers, the risk is that the email addresses and phone numbers end up in the hand of scamsters that might try to do who knows what they would try to do. But this is for non-drivers in the Uber system, just customers. This is nothing like the Equifax breach. In fact, the Equifax breach is kind of like nothing else that's ever happened because the deep information on us, 145.5 million Americans that the criminals have from the Equifax breach. So the Uber thing is just like almost like another check mark about why, if you haven't done so, you should do a credit freeze. I saw new numbers recently about how few Americans have done a credit freeze, and the measurements I've seen is 1% to 2% of American adults have done a credit freeze. 
and the danger that you're exposed for not doing a credit freeze with the information that's floating out there about you and me and breaches that may have occurred that we don't even know about yet that lay our information out on a silver platter for criminals, please think about, consider doing a credit freeze to protect yourself. Steve is, oh, and by the way, you can see how to do that. I've got a a guide. If you go clark.com slash Equifax, you'll see all the steps you need to take in order to best protect your identity and your information. Steve is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Steve. Hey, Clark. How's it going? Great. Thank you, Steve. Google has become something that you're not so happy with. Why? Well, I actually Googled my name the other day, and I just wanted to see, like, what would come up. And it has my full name. It has my address, my previous addresses, and my relatives are there. They can click on them. It has the year I was born. I'm just wondering, is there any way to, like, get that off of Google? (laughs) So we don't offer that. By we, I mean, in the United States, we are not offered the legal right to suppress information about us on the Internet. And so, uh, you know, here we are talking about the Uber information, the Equifax breach and all that, and there's so much stuff available just by putting in someone's name. And producer Joel, I just found your private email address, your mobile phone number, just while I'm talking with Steve. It comes right up. That's scary. Yeah. So, I mean, it's amazing how much information is there with any of the search engines, Google or any other, that's there about you. So, Steve, in Europe, there's a law called uh, informally the right to be forgotten. So you could see this information about you hanging out there. You send through a notice to Google, and then they have to suppress all the information they have on you once you request it. And I believe because the problems we have with identity theft in the United States, or let's imagine someone is trying to escape from an abusive relationship. They want to keep the trail cold. You know, the advantage of the right to be forgotten in Europe, if we had that here, is they'd be able to make the trail hard to follow for an abuser who was trying to find the person they'd been abusing who'd gone into hiding or something like that. I mean, there are any of a number of reasons that we should have the right to be forgotten. Now, if any of these sites get hacked, would they have more information, like our social security number or anything? No, no, I don't think so. You know, I'm not concerned about with a Google search or is Bing still out there Um, or any of the search engines I'm not concerned about what might happen with a hack because they just tell you right away. I mean, you pull up information on somebody and so much just with a name may well show up right away. Oh, can I say one more thing? Sure. Uh, based on your recommendation, I started listening to the Afford Anything podcast with Paula Pant. 
Yeah. And, and she has a wonderful interview of you, actually, so I urge other listeners to give it a, give it a try. She's an extremely bright woman and yep. very entertaining with her podcast. So I appreciate that. All right. Thanks, Clark. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Sarah is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Sarah. So you're thinking about saving for a kid's college. That's right. We are. Well, um, is this so, a newborn that I should congratulate you for? Well, we have a toddler, and we are expecting our second child in the spring. And that toddler already is exhibiting brilliance. Of course. Yes. He's a genius. Right. <laughs> um, so we're looking at the 529 plans, and you do recommend one for our state on your um, list online, but we might move to another region at some point, and so we just want to make sure that he's set up in the correct plan and that it, does it matter if we move? doesn't matter at all. Okay. So if, okay. You, if you start off, if your state plan is on my recommended list, is it a dean's list plan or an honor roll plan? One of the, it's one of the top plans. Oh, so it's a dean's list with high yeah. honors. So if yeah. it's dean's list with high honors, something I never got in school. Anyway, if it's <laughs> one of those, then go into your state plan. And okay. depending on your state, there may even be a state tax benefit of some kind, a deduction or a credit that you're that allowed. Would, Is there one? It, yeah. And so that would apply to us while we live in this state? Yeah. So go for it. You get okay. that. When you make contributions in a year, but the money continues to grow tax-free and is spent tax-free. So it's the ultimate benefit because you get an upfront tax benefit and you get tax-free growth and spending. So that would be where you start. And when you move to another state, if that state has a good plan, do future contributions in that plan moving forward and you're allowed to move the money tax-free from the plan you're in and the state you're living to the other plan if you choose to do so, rather than have to deal with the paperwork from two different plans. Okay, cool. So if we did move and let's say our new state had a better plan, we could just roll the money over and it would be fine and easy. Exactly. Okay. And easy... Uh, as financial paperwork goes, it would fall in the category of easy. Fantastic. But it's a bit of a pain. Right. I mean, it's always a pain to fill out financial paperwork. But. Right. But um, right, cool. one thing with your kids, and I know I always upset people when I say this, I want you saving first for your own retirement. Right. And then only secondarily, if you're doing a really good job saving for your own retirement, then you save for a kid's college. Okay. Right. Well, I hope that the new baby turns out to be just as great and brilliant as your toddler is. Ken is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ken. Hi, Clark. Ken, you have a son who won't save money. Yeah. I wish it was mine, but I'm calling on behalf of my son. Okay. Uh, he he has a good job as a, a electrical engineer. 
Uh, he's got a, about 110000 in a 401k at the uh, shop where he works. He's 40 years old, and he makes about, uh, presently he's making about 75000 a year. Uh, we were talking over the holidays here that uh, I was thinking he should get some of his money or all of his new money that he you know, will make in the future over in a Roth uh, IRA. I wonder your ideas on it. Well, the the answer to that question starts with whether or not the employer he's working for offers a match on the 401k they provide. Yes, they do. So he, if he, if there's an employer match, he's got to do that first. Yes. Now, my understanding is as soon as the money is in his account, though, in his 401k account, uh, he can do with it what he wants after that. He cannot. That, he can only he do that when he changes jobs. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so as long as he's employed with this employer, the money in the 401k stays in that 401k. Okay. But he could do a, a blended thing. He could save in the employer 401k to make sure he picks up all the employer match. Yes. And then money he wants to save beyond that, he put in a Roth IRA. Okay. And that way he'd have his pre-tax pile of money for retirement and he'd be building up his post-tax pile of money. Yeah. Okay. So I really like right. that idea, especially if he goes in a, a low-cost Roth provider plan. Uh-huh. Then he's going to be building that money tax-free and will have very, very low expenses, no commissions and low expenses on the money he's building. Okay. Well, I don't believe uh, he he really has the ability. He has uh, three children, two of them in college, and uh, probably is not going to have very much money beyond uh, what he saves there through the job. Well, then, then I'm glad he's doing what he's done, that he already has six figures saved for retirement. At 40 yeah. years old is great, and he should keep doing what he can do to boost that over time, but I understand three mouths to feed, that's a lot. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com. Producer Joel, you're up. All right, Clark. Charlie wants to know, are there any advantages to doing a reverse mortgage? A reverse mortgage is an advantage if you're tapped out. If you've got no money, you got not enough to live on, you own a house free and clear, or nearly so, you can turn the house into kind of like a, a payment device where you continue to get to live in the house and it sends you money every month. And that in the most basic way is how you can think of a reverse mortgage. Instead of you paying the mortgage company, they're paying you. The problem with reverse mortgages is that the fees that you have to pay to set up a reverse mortgage are so extremely high. And there's also been a terrible problem around the country with people who have reverse mortgages ending up getting foreclosed on. And there are any of a number of pitfalls in them. So what I recommend is if you're tapped out, you don't have enough money for to pay for daily life, you're living... Uh, too spartan in existence is to go to financial counseling that 
any legitimate reverse mortgage lender would require that you go to independent financial counseling to make sure it is right for you. All right. James wants to know, which phone service do you prefer, Magic Jack or UMA? Well, UMA is a more robust home phone service. Magic Jack can be used as home service. It's also a great portable way for your phone service to travel with you anywhere in the world. I mean, there's a huge number of people who have like a kid overseas for a semester of college or whatever, and they will use Magic Jack as a way to have phone service for family and friends to call back and forth. It's wonderful for that. Glad you're with us here where it's all about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com's our main website and ClarkDeals.com where you go to save money each and every day. So the idea of coming up with easy ways for people to save and invest is a real challenge. We got half of people who don't save money at all. That half, they, they have no retirement money. They don't have rainy day money. And so there are ways that people have been looking at to make that happen. And I've talked about a number of apps available that will help you with the process of saving money. And now there's a new joint venture with PayPal and Acorns. Acorns is an organization I've talked about for a number of years that you round up your change, you can put small money into it, and you end up owning investments in the Acorns account and costs, if I remember right, it's $12 a year to have an Acorns account. And so you are able a penny at a time, a dime at a time, a nickel, dollar, whatever, to build up money in savings. So now PayPal has put together a strategy with them where you'll be able to do investing through PayPal and Acorns together. There are so many people who have PayPal accounts, millions. I mean, it's over couple hundred million i think have paypal accounts and so this will make it possible for you to get involved because acorns has like a million customers and so it's a potential cross thing if you have paypal maybe you've never even heard me talk about acorns but it's a very very simple way for you to start the process of saving money and I know that this is different acorns.com if you want to see more about it where you are able to do what acorns refers to I'm looking right now oh it says I had the number right join over 1 million people who've started doing what they call micro investing and I really like this as a way for you if you have had trouble where there always seems to be more month than money and you have the best of intentions but you're not able to get it going, to look at acorns.com or if you're in your PayPal account at some point, 
and you see something pop up about it, now you'll know what it's about and where it might be a real advantage to you in your life. Andy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Andy. How are you doing, Clark? It's uh, great to speak to you today. Well, it's wonderful to have you here, and uh, you're yet another person who wants to talk to me about TIA, a company that I long admired and recommended, and now I am very upset about some stuff going on there. Yes, I, I wanted to know your thoughts on that. I've uh, read a couple of things about them. I want to get your thoughts of them as a 403B provider choice now that um, some of this news has come out about them in terms of uh, fees and things of that nature. Well, the big problem with TIA that's been exposed and is under investigation, apparently both civilly and criminally, does not involve the 403Bs exactly. It involves what happens when someone who's been putting money in a 403B hits retirement. So if you're in the accumulation stage and you're putting money aside, historically and to this moment, normally doing a 403B plan with TIA would still be the superior choice. Do you know um, the 403B plan TIA is offering you what the fees are on the investments? Um, it's not very clear in all honesty. That, that That's one of the hardest things about the whole process is trying to figure out how much it costs. It's actually clearer in some of the other choices because I could tell they're a bit expensive. So, Yeah, it's not unusual. Are you are you a teacher, a professor? Yes. Which are you? The wife, the wife is an educator. Yep, she's a okay. high school science teacher. All right. And is she in a big school district, small, like? A small school district. All right. So one of the things that I've been reading is that the small school districts tend to get clobbered even more with the fees. What level of fees were you seeing on some of the other plans? Oh, some of the other plans can be extremely high. It could be anything um, of, like they call, I guess they call it a wrap fee of 1.5%, 1.9% on top of whatever underlying fees um, the funds that you choose from have. That is absolutely hideous. So it, it would be... A far superior choice for your wife to be in the TIA 403B that would not have expenses anywhere near those kind of numbers. But how disciplined is your wife at saving money? Oh, she's really good with that, definitely. If she <laughs> is, she would be better off at least for the first... Uh, how much money is she saving a year? I should ask you that first. Um, in the 403B, I would say because she has a pension, she doesn't put too much in there. I would say maybe about 3000 a year. Perfect for what I'd recommend instead. Just skip the 403B entirely, and she should just do her own Roth IRA with one of the ultra-low-cost providers, and I've got a list of them on my investment guide at Clark.com, and just put that 3000 each year into her own Roth. Okay. And that way she'll spend a lot less money on management fees. You know, as a typical rule, going into a low-cost Roth IRA versus the typical 403B will cost her from 120th to 140th the management expenses in the low-cost Roth versus the 403B plan. It's not even in the same universe. 
Okay, that sounds good. I think we'll we'll take that advice. And I've got, uh, I don't know if you've seen my investment guide, but it's pretty easy to use and set up an account for a Roth. And then she can pop in money uh, each pay period, once a month, or just once a year, put in $3,000. Okay. And I would prefer that than messing with a uh, small school district 403B because it it's something that incenses me is that people who work as a teacher generally are not paid nearly enough for the work they're doing for our kids. And the Congress has decided that teachers will have vastly inferior retirement choices compared to people who work for a private employer and can have access to a low-cost 401k. And that is a rotten, terrible thing. And that's why with the amount your wife's saving, Andy, the Roth IRA is the better choice. Aaron is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Aaron. How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. So you want to give somebody the gift of stock for Christmas. Yes. Uh, I guess when I was growing up, my dad told us we had enough toys. So he said instead of, you know, buying toys, he, he bought saving bonds, especially for all my, my, uh, my cousins and, and stuff like that on their birthdays or Christmas time. So I want to see if I can, for my kids and for some of my grandkids, uh, buy stock for Christmas. Well, there is a way you can do that. You can, there's a gift card product where you can buy stock in specific companies, but the expenses on it are a little on the high side. How much okay. money are you thinking of putting aside for, you said these are your grandkids, not your kids? Yeah, more of my grandkids than my kids. They, they old enough to, to fend for themselves today. So how much are you thinking? Uh, I don't know, just like a couple hundred dollars or something like that. Maybe do that on on like Christmas or birthdays. Or things per like grandkid? That. Yeah, I don't have that many grandkids yet. Yeah, but it's still great you're going to do that. And how old are the grandkids? Uh, four years old. All right, so they're not going to know or appreciate it yet. Not yet, but they will. <laughs> and that toy you'd give them now, they'd really appreciate that, but they're going to forget about it or break it really quickly. Right, right. And right. they're going to, trust me, they're going to get a lot of toys. Well, I like for you, because of the amount you said, to not do an individual stock, but okay. to do something um, I've talked about in the past, open an account at Charles Schwab okay. for each of your grandkids. Okay. Because Schwab will let you do that for $100. Oh, okay. And then Schwab has uh, a particular investment that I'd like you to buy for each of the grandkids Okay. called the Schwab Broad Market ETF. Market ETF. And what that is, is each of the grandkids, instead of owning a little bit of one stock, they'll own a little bit of perhaps 3,500 companies. Oh, okay. Okay. So they'll own pretty much the U.S. stock market. Uh, this would be great. And that would be a great one for them to start with. Schwab doesn't charge a commission for that investment and charges um, almost nothing 
in order to handle the investing for your kids. It's basically free investing. Wow, this, yeah, that's a great idea. That's just what I was looking for. And then as birthdays come along, Christmas each time, you can just keep adding to it. Okay. But okay. you will own the account or your child will own the account for the benefit of the grandchild. Right, right. Okay, okay. Well, that sounds good to me. Uh, and I I'm will give you an alternative that. to that. Okay. In the culture of your family, what's the likelihood these grandkids will go to college? Uh, it better be 100%. <laughs> All right, if it's 100%, I would consider instead doing a 529 account for okay. the grandkids instead of anything I just talked about about Schwab. Okay. I, actually, I have one set up already. Well, then the fi- the beauty of the 529 account is that that money grows tax-free and is spent tax-free okay. on eligible okay. college expenses. So you could have a direct solid benefit for a grandkid. And let's say one of the grandkids doesn't follow your wishes and doesn't go to college. Okay. You can just take the money and put it to the benefit of another grandkid. Okay. And okay. keep it all tax-free. Okay, that'll work. And I have on Clark.com, I have my 529 plan guide. And okay. you'll see I've got my favorites. And make sure you go in one of my favorites. Okay. So I, I right. like that more than the Schwab thing. Because if you oh. know in your family these kids are going to college or else, then help them pay for college and let that money be tax-free money. Okay. And then you can add to it as you wish. You open the account, you could make little contributions each month or just once a year or twice a year. You could add to it. Either way would be great. And so the 529 plans are something that have gotten better and better and better over the years because the 529 plans when they first started were most of them were pretty rotten terrible tell you the truth very high fees and expenses but now there are a couple of dozen really really good plans that i lay out for you on my 529 plan guide this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ray is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ray. Hello, Clark. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely, Ray. So, Ray, have, you got a call that distressed you. Tell me about that, if you could. Yes. Uh, 
call about the Windows license expiring. Yeah. And and uh, uh, they wanted me to uh, renew, and I called the number that they gave me, and it was, a, of course, a foreign person on there, and uh, it's hard to understand. And um, so uh, he said, well, uh, you know, I, I didn't, didn't think... Uh, I would have to renew a Windows license. I thought that came with a computer, and that was until the computer died. And um, uh, I, I asked him, uh, you know, which which Windows was expiring, because I have XP, 8.1, and, and 7. And uh, he couldn't give me an answer to that. He just says, go to your computer. So uh, at that point, I said, no, I wasn't interested. I think it's a scam, but uh, I'm just not sure. Yeah, it well, is a scam. It is a scam, and uh-huh. there have been various versions of these scam phone calls where they pretend to be Microsoft, both as voicemails uh-huh. and as a solicitation call where somebody pretends to be from Microsoft tech support. Uh-huh. And I, I'll tell you, I love this from one of the stories I talked about about this this past summer. And I love the headline, no, Microsoft is not, all in caps, calling you about your expired Windows license. <laughs> and they will never call you. And right. this is a, this is a hideous scam because it has a few different layers. The most common one is when someone gets taken, Ray, what they do is they get you to give them information from your computer and then they remotely can take control of your computer, steal right. all the information that's stored on it, Mm-hmm. steal your passwords, and if they wish, then ransom it back to you by locking it down. Oh, boy, yeah. So you did mm-hmm. the right thing by not giving any such information, mm-hmm. and that was just a nasty, ugly con. Okay, but that's, uh, thanks for letting me know that. And one other thing, uh, Clark, um, I use Firefox and DuckDuckGo, and uh, every so often I get this big darn screen pops up and says, uh, Firefox has a, an update, and to do, download the update uh, right then, and um, it has a has a file there, and it's a .js Juliet Sierra file extension. That looks kind of fishy to me. Yeah, I'm not familiar with with them ever sending anything like that from mm-hmm. Firefox. I've never experienced that before, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that is some kind of uh, attempt to place a virus on your computer and Firefox is pretty chill about notifying mm-hmm. you about when you need to do an update so something that right. takes over your whole screen I would be suspicious of that yeah okay I, well, I close it down so uh, that okay. was the right choice <laughs> okay Clark thank right. you very much thank you and I'm so glad the Microsoft crooks didn't get you yeah <laughs> You and me too. Right. And by the way, when I say Microsoft crooks, it's not Microsoft being a crook. It's the people pretending to be Microsoft that are the crooks. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, Take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews. 